0: As we live in this world, we see what this world does and how they handle matters. Unless we renew our mind to the word of God, we might be swept away with the world. Because the reasoning of the world sounds reasonable to our fleshly minds. Unless we keep what God says about the matter before us, We do have a danger of being turned over by God to a reprobate mind. We might choose to go in the way of man and reject the way of God on the subject at hand, such as divorce, remarriage, homosexuals, lesbians. It's always what does God have to say about the subject that we must hold on to. It is certainly important for us to read the New Testament Bible, to keep the Scriptures before us, so we will not drift away from the truth and the way that we should live and believe on this present earth. In some of the churches, they will say, We don't go by the law anymore. That is really misrepresentative we go by the law of God as presented in the New Testament Bible but we do not live by the law of Moses anymore for they sacrificed animals for sins because now God has made another way for us to come to him through the sacrifice of Jesus and his blood Therefore, we no longer live by the law of Moses, but we do live by the law of God as presented in the New Testament Bible. And if you go another way, a way separate from the law of God, you risk being turned over by God to a reprobate mind. I have seen that happen in church groups. Let's look at that for just a moment. Romans chapter 1 verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they did not like to retain in their knowledge the instructions given by God on the matter at hand. They wanted to go their own way. When they did that, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. You can read about this in Romans chapter 1. In 2 Corinthians 13.5, Paul says, Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobate. Many times I have examined myself on this subject. I've said, now, when was the last time the Holy Spirit brought a scripture to my mind? Or when was the last time the Holy Spirit showed me a concept? And when I stop and I think about it, and realize that I heard from God yesterday by the Holy Spirit, I know he spoke to me yesterday, then I'm sure that Jesus Christ is in me by the Holy Spirit. But if you can't think of any time that the Holy Spirit has shown you anything, I think, well, I think I'd be terrified. For that is a sign of being a reprobate that you've left the way of God in the Holy Bible to go another way. The only thing important is, what does God say about this subject? By the New Testament Bible, we set our thinking to match God's view, and we keep what God says before us day and night, so we won't slip away from it. So we won't depart as we hear the world speak another view, and often the church world teaches another view. So we have to cling to what God says in the Holy Bible and do that and profess that. Consider this, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 39. God says the wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. It has to be another Christian. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. That is valid today. There's a law of God concerning marriage and divorce and remarriage. Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth? The New Testament church didn't try to throw the law of God out. They knew we no longer live by the law of Moses. But they knew there was a law of God. And certainly in the Bible, we know that every word in the Bible is inspired by God. Therefore, every word in the Bible is the word of God. So we take the New Testament Bible to establish what God has to say about the matter at hand. Romans 7, once again, 1 through 3. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth? For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if, while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. A great many wedding ceremonies have it in the ceremony, the vow which you take until death do you part, you are married. Until death do you part. But the heart gets hardened along the way. He or she does something to annoy the other one. Little things rise up. They forget the laws of God and the way of God, and they become hard against their mate, but that does not disavow all of the things of God that he said about marriage. Let's look at Mark ten, and the Pharisees came to Jesus and asked him, "Is it lawful for a man?" to put away his wife, to divorce his wife. They were tempting Jesus. And he answered and said unto them, What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses suffered to write a bill of divorcement and to put her away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, For the hardness of your heart he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. And in the house his disciples ask him again of the same matter. And he saith unto them, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. It is till death do them part. At the time of sexual intercourse, the two become one flesh. That is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul was warning the men in the congregation, and he said to them, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid, what? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. Paul is saying to the men, even if you're having sex with a prostitute, you become one flesh with that prostitute. And My question would be, how do you separate the flesh once it's one flesh? You can't explain it away by divorce papers from a civil court. Therefore, God set it up. At the time of sexual intercourse, the two would be one flesh. So you go out and have sexual intercourse with someone, you're one flesh with that person, whether that's your wife or whether that is a prostitute, is what Paul is saying. You're going to be fragmented. You can't separate your flesh, from being one flesh. Only through death could that happen. Considering marriage in this context of the scriptures, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 and 11, Paul states a law of the Lord concerning marriage and divorce. And unto the married I command, Yet not I, but the Lord. The Lord commands this. Let not the wife depart from her husband. But, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried, or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. Matthew 5.32 Jesus said, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication. Now, if she's out there committing fornication, this is another matter. But if she is a faithful wife, if you as a man divorce her, you will cause her to commit adultery, because she will go out and remarry. And when she does that, she commits adultery. And you will be the cause of her adultery. So don't divorce a faithful wife. And Jesus says, whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. So I'll read it once again. Listen to it carefully. Jesus is speaking to the men of the congregation. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife Saving for the cause of fornication causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. If she's already committing adultery, you won't be held responsible. A man won't. Now the law's not the same for a woman. This will make no sense to your mind since we are so strongly taught today that that men and women have to be the same, have to be equal. But God intended for the seed of the woman to be pure, the children would be holy. Therefore, you don't see in the Old Testament or in the New Testament women going about having sex with men when they have a husband or going out around and remarrying When they have a living husband. For that is adultery. If a woman is unfaithful in her marriage, her husband could divorce her and remarry. But it doesn't reverse for women. And that's where it gets tricky. Because it looks to the human mind like it should be the same law for men and women. But God intended that seed of the woman that I mean that child she was gonna bear he intended that child to be holy the women were not permitted to have multiple husbands while their husband was living there is a difference in the law of God concerning men and women and it, it is to protect the woman There'll be many times you wish you hadn't gotten in that second marriage. It's for your well-being and protection to go by the law of God on the subject of divorce, remarriage. It is also for a man's protection to go by the scripture where it says in Matthew five thirty-two. Whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. If you marry a divorced woman, you commit adultery. You may think, oh, well, it won't hurt anything. I know of a church person who really got caught in a bind. Well, this is a really sad story. She took a vow at a Baptist church when she was a teenager that she wouldn't have sex before marriage. She had sex before marriage and became pregnant. And then at 17, she married and had a child. Then she had a second child by that man. Then they divorced. Then she remarried after the divorce. At Thanksgiving Dinner, she ran into this problem. Her daughter would have the Thanksgiving dinner. She was an adult woman and had her own child. And here they are sitting around the Thanksgiving table, and this woman's first husband was there and the second husband at the same table. She had a significant problem the two become one flesh so here she is still one flesh with the first husband she can't help but have a problem this is a terrible thing to have to go through after all of this she became she was born again and she really had a problem then she finally i think resolved it by telling her daughter she did not want to come to the Thanksgiving dinner anymore with her first husband sitting there. She said it didn't seem to matter to her second husband that he wanted to go to the dinner, but it really did something to her. All I can say is where humans are involved, do the word of God. Whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. Go by that. You'll spare yourself a lot of grief. After I was born again, my best friend confessed to me that she had been married and divorced. She was raised Baptist. She went to Italy as a Fulbright Scholar, met a young man who was Catholic. She married him. They came back to the United States. He left her. And then she got a divorce. And she decided she wanted to remarry. So she went to a church looking for a husband. There was a man at the church whose wife had died of cancer. He was left with three small children. He was looking for a wife. He picked Donna out and another woman, and he was going to date them to try to see if he thought a marriage would work with them. He did not know Donna had been divorced. They were at that time teaching at that church that he attended. I don't know that they taught the exact scripture of whosoever will marry a divorced woman and commit adultery. I don't know if they taught the scripture that way. They probably just taught the men not to marry a divorced woman. That deletes the power of the scripture when you teach it that way. You have to present this as the law of God for the power to be there. Otherwise, they will just think, oh, this is just something man made up. But the Bible is the inspired word of God. Every word in the Bible is God speaking to us. So when we say this scripture, whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery, we are speaking. What God has said, not just our opinion. It's very serious. Donna didn't tell anyone she had been divorced, so when Hal started dating her, he didn't know. And he fell in love with her and wanted to marry her. Then she told him that she had been divorced. I asked Hal this question I said Hal, if you had known Donna was had been divorced would you have dated her he grew very very silent and then he said to me no I don't think I would have again they probably weren't teaching this is what God says at that church they were probably just saying A man should not marry a divorced woman. That's too weak. That's weak as water. But if you understand this is a rule of God, and this is what God says, if you marry the divorced woman, you commit adultery. And if you care about God, and care about the rules of God and the law of God, that will make a difference in your life. The fact that the two become one flesh at the time of sexual intercourse. The Apostle Paul continues this subject and says, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Sexual sins are different from other sins. So there is another point to consider. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. It's very important also to consider 1 Corinthians seven, ten, and 11 because you can get to thinking that if God said the man could divorce a faithful wife and remarry, then the woman could divorce a faithful husband and remarry. Well, as you begin to think that way, and the devil will bring that concept to your mind, you need to straighten out your mind with 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 and 11. I come back to that. And unto the married I command, yet not I but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. We can see by this that the concept is not correct that the woman can divorce, say, an unfaithful husband, and then she is free to remarry. It says, let not the wife depart from her husband, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. That shows us there is a difference in the laws of God concerning men and women in the New Testament church. The New Testament teaches us the rules of God, the laws of God, how to live a godly life in Christ Jesus and what to avoid. And it teaches us to avoid the thinking of the world concerning right and wrong. For often the people in the world are thinking wrong about a subject as compared with the New Testament Bible. We, being Christians, set ourselves in the New Testament Bible to agree with that, as well as to see God's view of the situation. Concerning homosexuals and lesbians, Romans chapter 1, start at verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural youth into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural youth of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Vile affections is the way God describes this. Homosexuals and lesbians. Vile affections. And God says that he turned them over and gave them up unto These vile affections. He let them go. Could they be saved? Yes, definitely. For until they have the knowledge of the truth of God, they can't see they're doing anything wrong. But once God opens their eyes to see the scriptures, to see his view of it, they can repent. And they, now they can't continue to do the sin. When Jesus took the woman taken in adultery, when they brought her before him, in John chapter 8, he said to her, he didn't condemn her, but he said to her this, Go and sin no more. She couldn't keep living as an adulteress. And the same thing would be true for a homosexual or lesbian. If they came to God and saw homosexual lesbian was a sin, they could repent. Provided they did not try to continue to live in the sin, but if they lived in the sin, they would be worse worse off than they would have been, had they never known the truth. Peter tells us that in Second Peter, Second Peter, chapter two. Start at verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness, than after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. And we are told in Hebrews chapter 10 that if we return to those sins and willfully go back to those sins, then there is no more repentance for sins. For to try to do it, repent from sins, would be to crucify Jesus afresh after you have been forgiven your sins, to return to that sin. That's in Hebrews ten, twenty six. So these are very serious matters to live by. You may think it's too much to live by. But we bless ourselves when we live by what God says. We are kept from many temptations and dangers and tragedies when we go in the way of God. It is not a heavy yoke, but rather it is a light yoke. It will lighten our yoke when we obey God and keep his rules. That's the way we come to understand in our hearts that God's way is infinitely better for us than our own way would be. So we learn the way of God and what he says in the New Testament And we go by that direction. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.